confusion and frustration are two words that come to my mind to describe how I view the first two games we have seen the Buckeyes play this season. And something tells me those words might describe how you feel as well. You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeyes fans? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Buckeyes for the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is a Monday, September 11th in the year 2023. And this episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5.00 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. During today's episode, we revisit Kyle McCord versus Devin Brown and potentially end this topic. And we also discuss why I'm happy with the tweaks we have seen with the secondary. But first, there is a thought of frustration that I have when I think about the Buckeyes' first two games they have played this season. This is not just talking about the game a couple of days ago against Youngstown State, but also the game against Indiana. And some of things go, some of these things go to, and I feel, frustration in regards to some things that Ryan Day has said about this season so far. But aside from Ryan Day, the team we have watched play the first two games of this season is not the Buckeye football team I expected to see play football this season. Now, you may say, Jay, this is what I expected. A little struggle against Indiana, a little lower uh, lower scoring, play two quarterbacks, Youngstown State. You would think we'll play, we'll score a whole lot more points, but the new uh, uh, clock rules kind of altered how the Buckeyes game is being called by the coaches. Okay, great. Maybe that's you. But as for me, this is not what I expected. This is not my. This is not the standard I thought that was at Ohio State. This is not what I predicted. This is not it. Indiana, you should have seen a whole lot different of a team. Now, I understand wanting to go into the game and wanting to um, win, like leave Big Ten road game, whatever that like does in your brain. You want to leave that thing and win, regardless of the opponent, regardless of everything else. Week one of the season, all you want to do. First game of the season, the season opener, Big Ten road game, all you want to do is win. You don't care how you do it. You just want to walk out of there with the win. Okay, great. You're happy. The Hoosiers only scored seven, excuse me, three points. Great. Now, that's huge. I don't want to go away from that. This this, this thought that I have today without saying, only giving up three points to a big team, only giving up three points to any team. That's huge. That's a big deal. So we're not going to gloss over that part. But the things we said we needed to see, especially early on against these lesser opponents in Indiana and Youngstown State, sometimes with the pass rush, not really seeing it from the defensive ends like we thought we would. Heard a whole lot of talk. Haven't really seen them get home consistently. Linebackers, good play. Some decent play. But I think even Steel Chambers and Tommy Eckenberger can play better football. The secondary has been a good surprise. It's a bit a nice surprise. But even them, you can tighten things up. But this conversation is not solely about them. Offensively, this ain't it. Now, 
Marv, seven for one, seven catches, 160 through the air, two touchdowns. Emeka Abuka get into the mix as well. Those things are great. So we have seen some good things on offense. But, buddy, the run game, this ain't all about the old, this ain't all about the running backs. The old line is not doing a good job of blocking the guys in front of them. Sometimes better in pass pro than they are running the ball. That's where the confusion comes in. I went back and I wanted to try to figure out the rushing numbers offensively for the past two games. For the past two games combined, the Buckeyes have rushed for 266 yards. That's not acceptable. Against the Indiana team, defense is better than advertised. I'll give them that. Youngstown State FCS, a team that they know going into that, they should get blown out of the water and they walk out of that out of the shoe with a 35 to 7 loss. They might say, hey, hey, we didn't get blown out in the shoe. Well, you kind of did, but we they didn't put 50 on us, they didn't put 60 on us. That's great. I didn't know I was going to get this animator today, but I'm really just confused and frustrated as to how we work all offseason. Here I am tossing my phone again. Did it during the game on Saturday. I'm doing it once again. I don't know how we get to this point to where this is what we're seeing on the field. The frustration comes from we hear about all these good players. We hear about all these good things. We hear about these stars that people try to put some stock into. Four-star, five-star, great. When they're on the field in college, one, those stars don't matter. But two, a lot of the things we hear about how those players should play on the field that's not what we are witnessing. But also, let's keep it in a little bit more context. We hear people say the new clock rules are going to drastically impact how a game is called, how a game is played. Okay, cool. I, I understand um, how you may lose a possession or two, um, how you might end up, well, uh, struggling just a little bit. Well, when I go through and I look at scores from week one and week two of the season, why am I seeing why am I seeing schools that are upper tier college football teams not struggling against lesser opponents in their conference or lesser opponents in college football? Notre Dame scored 42 points on Navy. What Ohio State? USC scored 56 points on San Jose State. Would the Buckeyes do that same thing? Uh, UCF scored 56 points on Kent State. The Buckeyes only scored 35 against the, on, against Youngstown State. Now, the final outcome is one thing. I understand you're playing two different quarterbacks, but we expect better from the Buckeyes' offense, especially against the FCS opponent. I think somewhere in there, Georgia scored 48 against uh, against a school. Colorado scored 45 against TCU. Alabama scored 56 against Middle Tennessee. Um, USC scored 66 against Nevada. Uh, Oregon, 81 points against Portland State. Oklahoma, 73-0 against Arkansas State. They're playing with the same clock rules. They're playing with the same rules the Buckeyes are playing with. They're playing with the same thing the Buckeyes are playing with rules-wise, but what do we see? Oh, what's the clock rules? Or oh, playing two quarterbacks. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. Throw the excuses out the window. We expect better from the Buckeyes. I understand working in three new offensive linemen who are starting. I understand that. I understand you have a new left tackle on the Buckeyes team. First time playing uh, at this level of football in his life from uh, Josh Simmons going from San Diego State to Ohio State. I understand all of the variables. I understand Ryan Day wanting to work in two quarterbacks. I understand trying to figure out the running back rotation. 
I understand even week one, not really going to Marvin Mecca as you should have and doing it, doing it a, a whole lot more in week two. I understand all of that. But the expectation is through the roof. It's high. If you're watching on YouTube, my hand is higher than the screen you're looking at because that's how high the standard is. You expect better. Excuse me. We expect better. So when we see performances like we have in week one and week two, confusion comes to my mind and frustration does as well. The good thing is it's only two games of the season. The good thing is there's a lot more football to be played. The good thing is the Buckeyes can't win some big win week three, week four, have a bye week and come back on the field and play some more, play some more, play some. And the Buckeyes have a really good chance to improve drastically between now and Saturday's game, between now and the game against Notre Dame, between now and the bye week, between now and wherever the game is rest of, left of their schedule. The Buckeyes have a lot of time to get better. But if they don't, if this is what we're planning on seeing the rest of the season, it might not just be confusion and frustration on my mind. It might be on your mind if it's not now. And I hope if it's on your mind eventually, and I know it's on mine right now, I hope it's not a long thought. But if it is, whoo, some of the conversations we have on this show will be hot. I'll get irritated, and you'll see Jay do some... Ooh, I don't want to think about what's going to come out of my mouth down the road if we're still, still talking about a Buckeye team that is frustrating to watch. What is frustrating to watch is potentially a quarterback battle that could go even longer into the season than it already has. Should it continue to go on? I dove into a little bit on Saturday in our postgame show. I'll dive into more of the quarterback battle today on Locked on Buckeyes. Now time for your Game Changer of the Week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Much like Kyle McCord, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Kyle McCord is this week this week's Game Changer of the Week because he knew, and I said it over the weekend, Kyle McCord knew he needed to come in, play Buckeye football, play improved football, improve to everybody. He is not worthy to be in the running to be the starting quarterback for the Buckeyes, but that he should be the starting quarterback for the Buckeyes going forward. And I believe he did that with Saturday's performance. Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Their brews are great tasting and award winning and beat out full strength beers in global competitions. They brew over 50 styles of craft, not alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Goldens, Sours, and more. You could find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic beers at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use Locked On to get 15% off your first online order. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all time. College football season, the college football season is here. And this season, Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. 
Find Locked On College Football kickoff live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. Your boy made an appearance on the show this past Friday. You have no idea if I'll be on it next week or any week after that. Tune into the show to get your Buckeye fix heading into the Buckeyes game that weekend. Cal McCord versus Devin Brown. My idea of this was let's end this after week one or during week one's preparation for the Indiana game. No, Ryan Day was not comfortable to do that after the week one game. Devin Brown only played Snick six snaps, and we got to see Devin Brown and Kyle McCord play in week number two. Kyle McCord's performance, was it a, a earth-shaking performance? No, it was not. But it was a performance that showed improvement. A lot of the stuff with McCord was timing. A lot of the stuff with McCord was just settling down, calming down, and making sure, like, just rhythm, footwork, shoulders, uh, elbow, all of the little minute details of playing quarterback or throwing the football, I think a lot of those details were that, not an ability to make the right throws. Got to see that Devin Brown on Saturday. And as much as I would, I'm not a big fan of two quarterback systems or even the way this quarterback battle has gone, I truly understand why Ryan Day made that decision. I don't have to agree with it, but I understand why he made that decision to play Devin Brown in week two. I think the battle's over. Now, I also think going forward, Ryan Day, now Ryan Day said this. Ryan Day said he could hasn't watched the film, so he can't say that Kyle McCord is he started moving forward in the post-game press conference on Saturday. But ultimately, Ryan Day did see a lot from Kyle McCord. And if re-watching the game and seeing the film confirms what he saw, or maybe he sees some things in film that, even go above and beyond what he saw during the game on Saturday, we could be looking at a situation where Kyle McCord is named the starter going forward. I know I've talked to numerous people um, that are Buckeye fans, and they, a lot of them are saying the same thing. Move forward with Kyle. Move forward with Kyle. Now, we've seen more of Kyle McCord on the field this year than Devin Brown. But with the sample size we saw from Devin Brown, people are saying, whoa, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Don't put him in. Let's ride with number six and let him spin that rock. And that's where I am. But ultimately, it's not just because of what we saw Saturday. It's a combination of the first two games, but also riding with Kyle McCord. Week three is against Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers in the shoe. Week four is a road test against Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana. What do you already have with Kyle McCord so far? You have an improvement from game one to game two. And this is not me saying Devin Brown will not improve from his first game in game two, getting extended playing time into playing this weekend. I am not saying that. However, this is a time you need to have a guy who is, he knows going into the weekend, he's the guy. He, not just he's the guy, he's going to come out a little bit. No, he's the guy. We're going to ride him and let's see what this offense does. Now, we went earlier in the show and discussed some, some games where people were scoring more points against some decent opponents, um, uh, some lesser opponents, and just kind of talk about how I like the clock rules um, that might be impacting some of the coaching at the, that the Buckeyes have had right now um, and the scoring. Those really aren't good, good reasons to say that the clock rules are drastically adjusting or they're adjusting how we call the game more than normal. Those are not good reasons at all. But Western Kentucky is one of those opponents 
that it's not a Youngstown State. It's not Indiana. It's right there in between those two as far as levels of football. It's a G5 school. And so if you have Western Kentucky on your schedule and you know, hey, they're going to do some things offensively that will throw a little bit of a wrinkle for our defense, but will also allow our defense to get a better preparation for Sam Hartman because the past two weeks, first two games, you're not playing teams where a quarterback is trying to just slice and dice you and throw the ball all around the yard. You're not doing that. So when it comes to this week, Kyle Court versus Devin Brown, yes, I understand it's a thought in the conversation, and there is still a battle that is going on because it has not been ended yet. But it needs to end because imagine Kyle Court, Devin Brown splitting playing time against Western Kentucky and neither quarterback getting really the full run of a full game uh, every single drive, going in and just doing the things that they need to do to move the football Imagine going in to Notre Dame Stadium, South Bend, Indiana, against that team, Notre Dame, who doesn't get the respect they deserve, but I do believe is a really good football team. Imagine going into that game against that team, and you're a quarterback that's like, well, I ain't really played four quarters. I got win for two and a half, three and a half, but I ain't got the win for four and a half or five if we have to go into overtime. Man, it's a little bit different when you're going in a hostile environment little intense of a of an atmosphere in prime time. It's going to be a little bit of a different environment. Imagine going into that game saying, hey, well, oh, I, know the, I'm the, I know I'm the starter now, but in the first three games, it was a two-quarterback system. Now it's just me. Man, man, I got to figure out how to bounce back after um, uh, an interception. I got to figure out how to bounce back and keep my head up after scoring an amazing, throwing an amazing touchdown. I have to figure those things out. Now, I talked about Kyle McCord's efficiency and how the offense, when it when it's opened up, it was fluid. It was good with Kyle McCord. Now, the O-line needs a lot of work. This ain't just a Kyle McCord conversation. It, the O-line needs to fix some things because if you go into that game, y'all got the win. Y'all playing all the snaps. It's not the same kind of conversation when it comes to play snaps with the O-line versus Kyle McCord. But McCord and the O-line need to know, hey, quarterback behind me, he got me. The quarterback that's back there leading the offense, he can do some amazing things. So the O-line gets confidence because they know the quarterback is doing some good things. The receivers get confidence because they have trust in your quarterback. The tight end gets confidence because he has trust in your quarterback. And the RBs have confidence because they trust the quarterback. So going forward, I don't think there should be any Kyle McCord versus Devin Brown conversation anymore. I don't. I said it Saturday. It's not just because of the efficiency you need to have a quarterback going into Western Kentucky that knows he is the starter and he can prepare this week like the starter, knowing he's not going to have somebody back there potentially coming in for a package. But also, it's a better way to prepare for the game against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Honestly, right now, <laughs> the game was played today. I wouldn't say the Buckeyes would win the game. A lot can change between now and the time the Buckeyes. Take that road trip to Notre Dame and face the Fighting Irish. Coming up next, we saw something on Saturday that I don't think I talked about a lot that I do believe is a good sign of good coaching with the secondaries. What did we see? We'll dive into that next on Locked on Buckeyes. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL season is here, and a great way to celebrate and get involved with NFL football is diving into incredible offers from our friends from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. 
right now. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything, bet on everything, excuse me, from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Once again, go ahead and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Normally going forward, the plan is to go over my top 10 of the college football season at the after the week's games are over on a Monday show. But at the time of this recording, that has not been done yet. And so we're going to go over my top 10 during Tuesday's show tomorrow so you can figure out where do I have the Buckeyes. I had them number five last week. They're not number five right now. I'll just say that. We'll dive into more about, more about where I have the Buckeyes ranked who my top 10 are right now in college football at the end of tomorrow's show. So going into the season, every offseason, we talk to uh, my guy, Ryan Roberts of Rising Draft Scouting, my favorite NFL draft analyst. And Ryan and I, we've done shows for numerous years, so we have a pretty good um, relationship on the air, on the show. We know I could kind of pick up on where Ryan's going and I could kind of lead him in a way that can maybe help him d- dive into his topic a little bit better. I also know that Ryan is a wealth of knowledge and he watches film and he's gr- a great evaluator of the football and he's a good, he's really good at his job. So I believe earlier this offseason, I forget what show we were doing. I brought up Sonny Styles and I, I, I brought up the DBs as well. And I said, hey, man, Sonny Styles is planning on starting. Would you play him at nickel? Would you part of, uh, start him at safety? strong safety and he was like well you put maybe he's like he dove into that but i remember ryan making a comment about sunny styles he's like hey man if you're playing a team where you need more of a dime package or more of a pass heavy set you know a team that passes a lot you might not want sunny styles out there at the nickel strong safety lathan ransom Free safety, Josh Proctor started week one, didn't play week two. Malik Hartford got to start week two. Then Jihad Carter came into the game. But those are the three guys that are going to play free safety. Ryan said, hey, you could put Jihad Carter at the nickel if you want to, but if you want him at deep, great. But in those pass-heavy games where a team is throwing the ball, trying to throw the ball all over the yard, it might be best to take Sonny Styles off the field and to put in somebody else who's better at covering the football. And he didn't say, a cor- I don't remember him saying specifically a corner or a safety, um, which one would he move down there? John Carter maybe down there and put Josh Proctor deep, whatever it may be. Ryan said, hey, man, you might want to take 6'4", 230 off the field in uh, games where the offense is passing a lot to better defend the pass. And I agree with him. And we saw a little bit, a little bit of that on Saturday. We saw Sonny Styles. Start the game once again at that nickel spot. And honestly, it looks more like they're running a 4-3, but it's more two LBs and Sonny Styles more versatile to where he he can be an outside backer. He can be somebody that's a nickel, but he can be in and out, but he's more so in the box. And when you got a guy 6'4", 230, he looks more like a linebacker than a cover safety. I don't know what you want to call him. I call him a football player, a guy that's hybrid. And the Buckeyes love having him on the field. But we saw sometimes when um, passing was on the mind of Youngstown State, 
Sonny Styles comes out. One time Cam Martinez came in. Uh, Cam ended up, I believe it was one-on-one situation. Uh, Cam got beat. Um, actually, it was pretty I, – I, this was one of those frustrating plays. Uh, Cam got beat, made it, made a big catch. Um, Youngstown State did. I did believe that was leading to the touchdown drive, touchdown score that they had, the only score in the game. You saw the quarterback do the – I can't do it here for you to visually see it, uh, but saw the, the Penguin celebration that he had. Later on, we saw Jordan Hancock come in and play a little bit of that nickel corner cover safety, more that nickel guy in pass situations. That's great. That's huge. That's also more the more I thought about it, and I don't know if I really dove into this on the show. When you're playing teams that are going to pass a lot, and that was the one question about Sonny Styles, not just 6'4, 230, but just you got a guy 6'4. How are you gonna if you're if you're gonna have a quicker or shiftier slot guy? Is Sonny Styles the right guy to defend him? And this was without seeing a lot of football from Sonny playing. The question was still there. And so what do you do? Sonny goes out. Jordan Hancock comes in. It surely seems like Denzel Burke and Davidson Igbenosin are your outside corners. Uh, Denzel Burke got an interception. I don't know if I mentioned this, this uh, note on Saturday's postgame show. But um, Denzel Burke's interception was the first Buckeye corner to get an interception since the 2021 season. <laughs> What's been going on? Now, I saw that note, and I'm like, wait, wait. This can't be real. That just shows to the confusion that we have seen from the Buckeyes at the cornerback position uh, lately. Man, it's just been not really, just doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel right at all. But I love this, though. I think it's a great move, a great coaching move, and it shows the adjustment. Now, we knew going into the season, the coaches are going, we're thinking about playing or trying to play Hancock, Igbenosin, and Burke. Would it be two on the field and a guy on the sideline? Would it be all three at the same time? Would it be, what would the variation, what would the wrinkle be? We weren't sure at the time, but I think we're getting a good view at what the coaches are thinking and how they view Igbenosin, Burke, Hancock, and Styles. I think we're getting a really good handle on that. We saw Sunday Styles make a phenomenal big hit in the flat. Reminded me of Denzel Burke, Denzel Burke, uh, Denzel Ward. Uh, uh, hurt my feelings, as Gus Johnson said. Didn't say the entire line, but you understand. Like it was, I don't know if it was like the same uh, sideline or yardage on the same spot on the field, but on my screen, as I watched it, I got shades of Denzel Ward. Uh, you got barbecue back there. You didn't invite me. Hurt my feelings. Honestly, when I heard that from Gus Johnson, I'm like, bro, it must be a black play-by-play man to say this because it just seems okay and it seems right and ideal for that to come out of Gus Johnson's mouth. Gus is good at his job. He's really good at his job. And he brought that one-liner or a line to us that we still say to this day. Honestly, if Jordan Hancock is coming in as your nickel guy, against teams that want to pass a lot, great, great. We've seen good ball from Sonny Styles so far. We've seen good ball from Jordan Hancock so far. We've seen good ball from Burke and Igmanosin. If those four guys are, are working, two on the outside and some are interchangeable at nickel, it's a good move. It's a good move. And going into this week, I think we need to see more of that on the field. Be comfortable shifting and changing when it needs to be made. Because if not, it could come back to bite you at the end of the game. Guys, out of here on a Monday, September 11th. Hope everyone, hope everyone 
is taking time to remember what happened on this day in 2021. I remember where I was. I was in seventh grade, um, just got done with my first period. And all of a sudden, I my teacher turns on the, the TV. It was a history class. I didn't know much, much about what was going on. But ultimately, the longer I got away from that day, I realized, oh, no, no, this was a really big deal, severe. Lots of people lost their lives that day, a terrorist attack on our country. I hope everybody remembers and thinks about what happened that day in two. Did I say 2021? 2001. Wow, wow, wow. 20 plus years ago. It's crazy to think about uh, how long ago that was um, and what that's done, how that's changed our our changed America. I mean, going to a security at, air, at an airport is not the same as it was prior to that tragic, tragic event. Coming up tomorrow, you get to dive into the rewatch upon further review and discussing what we learned while we watching the Buckeyes game on Saturday against Youngstown State. Wednesday is turning the page, looking ahead to the next opponent in Western Kentucky. Also do a little stock up, stock down as well. Thursday, a little preview from the Buckeyes point of view. And then Friday, <laughs> it's the final show before the Buckeyes game this weekend. Also, one more note for later in the week. I will actually be at the game on Saturday, um, taking a trip to Columbus. So there will not be a post-game show, a live show after the game on YouTube. There is planning on being a show on Sunday morning that will be dropping on YouTube and on the audio feeds, Apple, Spotify, and the others for you to enjoy. But no live post-game show at the conclusion of Saturday's game against Western Kentucky. Wanted to get that out on a Monday. We'll say it throughout the rest of the week as well. So you're not waiting post-game for Jay to come live on the air. You can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. You can send all of your emails to jstevens317 at gmail.com. Thank you for making Locked on Buckeyes your first listen every single day. Now, for your second listen of the day, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast. It provides you with everything you need to know going on in and around the world of sports, especially what went down during week one of the NFL season. In 20 minutes every single day. Locked on Buckeyes and Locked on Sports Today. They are both a part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. This has been Locked on Buckeyes here on a Monday. I'll see you next time.